0: Well, guess what? We sprung forward so far ahead. It's TreeCast season again. Do not adjust your clocks again or your calendars. Yes, the TreeCast is firing up here during the spring football session for Stanford football. We're glad to have you with us here. It is the TreeCast with Troy Clarity on Monday, March 9th, 2020. Glad to have you with us and glad that you're joining us here on the Believe Podcast Network. Fired up more on that in just a second. I'm indeed your host, Troy Clarity. A lot to get to. Our guests of honor, Stanford left tackle Walter Rouse. I don't think anybody personified the season Last year for Stanford football, more than he did. A youngster thrown into the mix uh, almost right away after Walker Little went down uh, the Stanford starting left tackle in the season opener against Northwestern. And uh, Rouse went down late in that game. Rouse's first start against USC in week two. And he did pretty well for himself. You'll hear Walter Rouse's thoughts uh, on that season and uh, all sorts of other things. Really enjoyed chatting with him. Uh, You'll hear that uh, conversation coming up in a few moments. And and yes, we'll talk quarterbacks, Uh, of course, a a regime change of sorts at the quarterback position, but still not too many questions, I don't think, uh, from that uh, position unit, certainly at the top uh, of that depth chart. So we'll we'll discuss that uh, a bit later on in the show, and plus I'll give you three things that you need to know about Stanford football right now. But first order of business is this. In case you have not heard the news Yes, the Tree Cast with Troy Clarity has found a new home and a new platform. We could not be happier. We could not be more thrilled to be a part of the Believe Podcast Network. So thrilled to be a part of it. Check them out believe.com, B L E A V.com. All sorts of shows, uh, sports, and otherwise are waiting for you. And we are uh, so thrilled to be a part of the uh, Believe Podcast Network family should be a lot of fun. And, of course, this means a lot more visibility for the show and a lot more ways that you can hear the program as well. So now, basically, you have no excuse. The TreeCast with Troy Clarity can go anywhere and come from anywhere you want it to come from. So uh, thanks to the folks at Believe and uh, looking forward to uh, helping uh, each other grow in the uh, months and years ahead. Who am I? In case you're new to the show, I'm Troy Clarity. This is, uh, just finished up my 27th season, I should say, of following Stanford football. Uh, Pac-12 Network play-by-play announcer, about to get get knee-deep into lacrosse and softball. So uh, getting into the meat of my uh, spring schedule with the Pac-12 Network. Uh, During the fall, I focus on uh, soccer and also follow a lot of Stanford football. have done so over the years, and uh, it's been my uh, pleasure and privilege to be able to follow the Cardinal through some fantastic times and some interesting times. Stanford certainly in an interesting time. A crossroads uh, offseason, a crossroads season for them coming up. Uh, coming off of a 4-8 and eight campaign that unfortunately broke a lot of records that uh, the Stanford football program uh, took a lot of pride in. Uh, so now Stanford kind of hitting the reset button of sorts and looking for big and bigger things in 2020. Speaking of things, we've got three of them. Three things you need to know about Stanford football right now. Let's start with number one. Stanford football breaks up its spring practices into two different sessions. One usually at the end of winter quarter, and the other uh, that begins at the start of spring quarter and concludes with the spring with the spring football game. Uh, this year's schedule will be held at Q Kagan Stadium on April the, the 11th. If you're absolutely jonesing for names to watch already, here are a couple. A couple of sophomore wide receivers in particular. And after Friday's practice, David Shaw gave us the lowdown on what he likes and what he, of what he's seen from Colby Bowman and Marcus Graham. Colby's been great uh, throughout the year, all year. He did such a great job on the scout team. Uh, as we knew in the recruiting process, great route runner. Um, great hands, um, great body control, change of direction, all that's showing up. Uh, he's going to have a chance to compete on special teams also. Uh, I know he's itching to get back on the field. He hasn't played in a year. Um, so I think you feel that uh, watching him. Um, and Marcus, you know, Marcus was injured all year. And he was able to come back and he's uh, full go right now. Still not 100%, but he's making it through practice. He's making some plays. Um, So we're looking forward to those guys both having a chance to get on the field. Yeah, wide receiver position should be a lot of fun to watch. Should be a plenty of capable targets for Davis Mills to throw to. You already know about Simi Fajoko, who started making big and bigger plays as the season went along. Michael Wilson balled out basically every week. And would have been great to have had Connor Weddington in the mix. Uh, Was not healthy uh, the final couple weeks of the season. But he is certainly as explosive as they come. Could Kobe Bowman and Marcus Graham get into that mix as well? wouldn't hurt matters now would it i certainly think that would be a great uh, development in favor of the cardinal let's move on to thing number two. one of the more intriguing trends to watch i think during the offseason is uh seeing what guys weigh at the end of the season and seeing how they tip the scales at the start of spring camp weight changes interesting to keep in mind Especially if guys, I mean, look, it's great that guys get bigger, but they also need to get faster and stronger, too. That's so much of the name of the game and so much of where Stanford was, was probably lacking last year because they were running out so many young guys that just didn't quite have college football bodies just yet. So, with that in mind, how are some of the younger guys stacking up weight-wise heading into spring? A couple of defensive linemen of note, Joshua Picola, Added 25 pounds, now listed at 282 pounds. Thomas Booker, boy, he's so much fun to watch. Was 281 last year, now he's 298. But of course, the big thing to watch here is the offensive line. Updating some guys in the trenches and their weights. Foster Sorrell went from 308 to 330, a 22-pound difference there. Branson Bragg, he gained 24 pounds, up to 310 from 286. Walker Little, boy, it's gonna be great to see him back on the field. He was a 309 uh, last year, 320 this spring. Jake Hornerbrook picked up seven pounds, uh, from 279 to 286. And Walter Rouse, uh, the young man who played left tackle, who we're gonna be hearing from in a few minutes or so, uh, weighed in at 291 last year, listed at 312 pounds coming into spring. How did Rouse do it? And he was—we told you about this last year a pescatarian eating fish only basically his proteins uh did he stick to that pescatarian diet in gaining 21 pounds we'll ask walter those uh things coming up in just a few minutes but always always interesting and always intriguing i think to, to to look and see uh how kids grow because there's certainly a tremendous difference can be a huge difference physically in football players from the time they step on campus at 18 time they really get into their uh, strides at ages 21 and 22. Let's get to thing number three. And yeah, we we have to talk about it. COVID-19, the coronavirus, uh, however you want to uh, phrase it, certainly having a major, major impact um, around the world Uh, and having an impact on the Stanford campus, certainly. Uh, On Friday evening, late Friday evening, it was announced that the final two weeks of uh, Stanford's uh, winter quarter, uh, there will be no in-person classes. Uh, finals will be take will be taken take-home take style, and uh, Stanford Athletics has had to adjust a bit as well, as uh, they are limiting uh, most uh, capacities to just a third uh, of, of attend uh, capacities. So, uh, about a third of attendance, uh, most of the uh, most of the venues, actually all the Stanford venues, uh, will be limited to a third uh, of its uh, capacity uh, for the next few weeks or so. Uh, David Shaw had some, you know, we're gathering up the guys after Friday's practice and he had some, Yeah, you know, I just, just told guys, you know, hey, be smart, you know, just be safe. Do whatever you can to uh, try to, uh, uh, to be as safe as you possibly can in the weeks ahead because we don't know what direction this is going to go. And obviously with, 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 with things getting canceled across the globe and potentially starting to, to affect things here nationwide, um, as of now, things still for the most part seem to be status quo. Uh, with Stanford football, obviously a very fluid situation. That could change uh, very quickly. Heck, it might even change. I'm, sp- I'm, see- I'm speaking this midway uh, through Monday morning, but uh, it might even change by the time you hear this. Hopefully not. Hopefully things get back to normal on all counts very, very soon. Wash your hands, folks. Be safe and be smart. Those are three things. As mentioned, Walter Rouse, Stanford soon-to-be sophomore left tackle from the D.C. area. And I, I I, really thought that no one personified last season like he did. And he did very, very well after, look, you see your your, your left tackle who is expected to have some 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 preseason awards, be in the run-in for some preseason awards. Uh, you're expecting big things from him, and then all of a sudden you look down and he's crumpled in a heap uh, at the end of your season opening game. And the only guy left behind him on the depth chart is a true freshman who hasn't even cracked open a book yet as uh, classes uh, had not started at Stanford uh, by the time uh, the Cardinal began their football season last year. So all sorts of doomsday uh, scenarios, dire predictions, and all sorts of things when Walter Rouse took the field. But none of those really happened. Walter Rouse more than held his own last year. And I think he is certainly going to be another big key to watch with with Stanford heading into the 2020 season. After Friday's practice on a cold, cold evening, late afternoon turning to evening, my mouth I think freezes at some points during this chat. So I apologize for not being able to get able to get some words out uh, during my interview with Walter Rouse. But on a very very chilly Friday evening at on the farm. Uh, Walter Rouse and I uh, caught up, and the first thing I asked Walter for was, were his overall thoughts on himself and on the team as spring
1: session continues. Um, I think we've gotten off to a great start. Uh, I mean, just coming out hard, fast, every single practice. I, I couldn't wait to get back on the field. And it was the same for my teammates. Uh, that first practice, we were in full pads. At 9 7 we got to hit with the defense. You know, it was just so much excitement. You know, we've been away from that for so long with, you know, just training in the winter um, and not getting it, getting on the field with football. So I think we came out great. And, you know, we had a good practice today. And I'm excited for the next two days.
0: Yeah, take me through the offseason for you. Your first offseason here on the farm. Uh, what, what sort of thing Things change when you actually have an off season instead of coming in cold like you did as a freshman last year.
1: Yeah, I mean, I, I think my off season was great, and I didn't really know what to expect coming in. I got different things from guys saying, "Oh, it's kind of like the summer, what you guys did," or you know, "Wait till you see the you know the the runs that y'all going to do is going to be crazy." And I was like, "Oh my god," or like the lifts—they're crazy. I mean, but just I went took it head on. Um, the lifts lasted for about you know an hour, thirty minutes, two hours. But I you know I thought it was great. I gained about ten pounds of muscle. Um, I think I improved overall. Still, some things I needed to work on, but I think overall, I think my off-season went well. Um, you know, on the field, team tech. You know, working on our techniques uh, with the, my teammates, uh, going the runs, going full speed, going hard, pushing each other. Um, I thought it was a good six, seven weeks of, uh, of the off-season.
0: Yeah, you know, I'm gonna ask about that from a physical standpoint because there can be just such a tremendous difference uh, training at this level and having that uh, underneath your belt. Physically, how much different do you feel now than you did uh, this time last year, perhaps?
1: Oh. I, much different I mean I just feel stronger I feel better about myself faster I just oh, my overall well-being I, I just think it's better um, you know they definitely the coaches definitely pushed me to my limits and even beyond that um, and I thank them for that I mean when I didn't think I could go harder they said I could and I and I was able to do that um, and I just think I've come a long way from this time last year
0: as a pescatarian what kind of changes, or, or what kind of uh, changes does that does that mean to as far as, as far as like, gaining weight and and, and and staying lean? Obviously, you know, fish is a pretty lean, uh, pretty lean protein. But kind of take 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 me through take me through that process.
1: Okay, so I got to say something real quick. So uh, I've been a vegetarian for first since like about seventh grade, and. After the season ended, I actually decided to go back to yeah. eating uh, red meat and chicken. Okay. It was chicken first, then red meat. Right. Um, but for like, even during the season, I was. You know, I was really struggling at first. Okay, I came in at 280. I'm like, okay, I was, I was always hovering about 285, 280. Then I finally got to 290, but it was always so slow. It wasn't as fast as I wanted to. And, you know, especially the play and tackle during the season, you want to be at, like, a good weight, you know. And I, I was at 300 towards, like, the midway of the season. I just really talked with my coaches, the nutritionists, you know, eating the type of fish. And, like, Chef Joe and um, Chef Alice at the training table, they are amazing with the type of foods that they were able to give me so I could gain that weight. Um, and then finally when I got back to eating chicken and red meat, you know, combined with the lifts I was doing during um in the off season I mean it just it just took off and I looked the same I did just maybe a little bit big, a little bit bigger but I looked the same I did when I came in I came in at 280 I'm about 315 right now so um I just think just that transition it wasn't as bad as I thought it was going to be but yeah so Talking about nutrition and his coaches were able to, you know, even when I was vegetarian, help me get my weight up.
0: Uh, I put on a couple of pounds myself, but it's not exactly in <laughs> your kind of way and in the same kind of spots. <laughs> uh, take me back through your year, year last year. Mm-hmm. Thrust into the spotlight, uh, you go in. You, at the end of the Northwestern game, your first start against USC. Mm-hmm. Let's start there. Your first week. As the starter at the top of the depth chart, what were some things that were going through your mind? What were some things that that the coaches were trying to do to help pre- prepare you uh, to to you know to to play D to play D one on left tackle before you even been in the classroom? Yeah,
1: so you know, I just never thought that opportunity would come so quickly, especially as a freshman in week two starting. Um, but you know, everyone believed in me from my coaches to my teammates to the strength coaches. Everyone believed I could do it. You know, going in, I was a little bit nervous. You know, warming up is just. It's you know you start in left tackle Stanford football team and you just you're in the and you're playing the Coliseum and I just you know you're looking around I'm like wow this is where the Rams play this is this is the big really big stadium, um, but, you know but as soon as I got that first series out the way um, you know I had Devery, my left guard next to me and he was helping me along the way you know I would make it if I made like a different call he's like hey you know it's this this Doom or Mike Mike point this uh, so I just think. It was it was a good great experience, you know. And from there, I just I just took off. I felt, you know, in every every game, I got better and better. Yeah. What was your high point
0: of the year last year?
1: Um, I felt I think I think I had one of my best games, um, where I didn't. Uh, I would say it was a Washington game um, and and Arizona game as well. Uh, especially with the Washington game, I think that was the one game where as a unit we were one. With the, like even when Jake had to come in for Henry, um, I think we were one. And like we just. A lot of people came in expecting us, you know, uh, Washington's D-line was going to beat us up. You know, we didn't let that happen. And I think overall, I think that was our team's like, best game. And I think I, had, I think I had my best game with the, my fewest mistakes in that game.
0: What's on your plate for this upcoming season as you get ready for 2020? Some things, some uh, some things on your on your mental checklist that you want to improve on. Some things that you that you want to see uh, that you want to get better at in the, in the upcoming
1: season. Uh, well, definitely going back in the film, I definitely think I need to improve on my run game um, the most. Um, you know, also my pass game as well, but the run game is where I need to improve on, specifically you know getting under guys and just moving them back, you know, five yards against their will. Um, you know, also you know just being like a thinking man's player, which, which is what our coaches say. You know, you know something that happens be able to like to in your head know what to do when like the defense changes something up on you or the mic point changes know what to do so just studying the film talk with the older guys like foster and walker you know i just you know getting better mentally and especially with the run game. I think those are like the two top things I need to improve, but there's, there's, there's no amount of how much I can get better at and improve on. A
0: couple last things for you. Davis Mills will be yeah. running the show yeah. as quarterback for Stanford. Take take me inside the huddle with him. What, what's he like and what are some things that, uh, uh, that he throws at, at, at the table for you?
1: Uh, Davis is overall great guy. You know, great guy to talk to, and on and off the field. Um, one of the things I just like about him, you know, you probably heard this. You know, you'll you'll hear his, his ha ha ha, like his hard count. Like you know, that's you know very clear. You know, just just hearing that, you know, it's always good and like his passes are amazing you know you'll look at are things they're, they're a thing of beauty and the way he commands the offense i just think is really good for our O line i'm pretty sure the wide receivers running backs anyone else will say that too
0: yeah he had a throw against washington oh. rolling to the right and just a bb a dart mm-hmm. to the far sideline that i thought was what was really the throw of the year and it was interesting because obviously the the identity the so-called identity of stanford football yeah. offensively is running but as the year went along it became clear that passing was going to be the way to go yep, for a lot that, of different reasons. Yes, As an offensive lineman, I'm sure that you know maybe at the end of games you prefer to pass around the stand sheet, the the stat sheet, and you, know, you guys have run for 200 yards. But you know when you look and see what you guys did from a pass protection standpoint, what sort of things change when you when you kind of change to being more of a pass of a pass oriented uh, pass
1: oriented attack? Yeah, I mean we came in you know thinking we were more of a run. Run team, but you know we came in passing a lot more. Um, But I think just with anything, just I think we were able to adjust pretty well because you know in times where we're like, okay, this is the game we're going to be running, especially the Washington State game, and we ended up passing just as much as them. And Davis Mills had the broke the school's record in passing yards. So with things like that, we're just taking it head-on, and we're ready with anything that comes at us.
0: 27 straight passing plays in that Washington State game. I'm still – my mind's still blown about that. As we wrap this up, at the end of this year, as a team – I know it's early, you know, six months away from kicking the pig. I, I get it, but there's still, I'm sure, some goals and some things and some objectives that the team has overall. What are they for this upcoming season? What's it going to take for you guys at the end of it all to be saying, "Hey, we we accomplished what we wanted to accomplish out there this year."
1: Yeah, I mean, just we we came in as a team, you know, uh, started the off season, you know, one, one of the Saturdays that we had, and we just came like it's going to be different this year. I mean, we're. You know, during, every time we're running or in the, we're pushing each other to the limits. You know, push. You know, Drew, like Drew, other guys on the O line are pushing me in, in the weight room, on the field during team tech. Even not even like just a walk through. You know, Coach says master the mundane. You know, just do things over and over and over until you until it's like it's uh, right. muscle memory. Um, and I can't wait till next year. And I, yeah. anyone else will say that too. We're we just going to come out strong. There's no excuses. And I just think with what we're doing now in spring ball, and especially the second half, every comeback from sp- uh, spring break, I-, I just can't wait. And I'm excited to see what, what we have to do. Okay.
0: Can't wait either, but a lot of work to do between now and then. Really enjoyed watching your work last year. Can't wait to see how your uh, career uh, trends uh, from here on out. Appreciate the time. Best of luck uh, the rest of spring ball and the rest of the season. Thank you very much. Appreciate that. Tremendous fan of Walter Rouse. Big fan of his. And uh, I I think he is headed for big things both on and off the field. And glad, you know, I I like fish. I probably couldn't stick to it as my as my lone uh, as my only protein. You know, just had a New York strip the other day, and it was it was it was terrific. But um, I'm glad he was able to to gain that weight without resorting to some of the other extreme measures uh, that you hear. Who was that um, that, uh, that that NFL draft prospect um, who was at the scouting combine in India a couple weeks ago? that gained, like, 60 pounds by drinking a smoothie that had, like, seven scrambled eggs, uh, peanut butter, cottage cheese, bananas, grits, and red Gatorade. Ooh! I'll stick to the, the chicken and the fish and the, and the red meat. Uh, thank you very much. But uh, Rouse, uh, impressive last year, and, you know, glad to see him. Looking forward to seeing Walker Little returning to the fold. Drew Dahlman. As underrated a player as you can find outside the program. Look, David Shaw was trumpeting him big time week after week after week after week last year. Super steady at center, which is where you need to be steady more perhaps. Uh, every bit is uh, important to be steady there as uh, as you can be at left tackle. But Drew Dahlman, super impressive last year. Uh, Barrett Miller, Jake Hornerbrook got major experience. Those two more experience than they were probably counting on, given all the injuries that befell uh, the Stanford offensive lineman along the way. And uh, Foster Sorrell back in the mix as well. So offensive line. Could be a strength. Now, hopefully it's a strength literally. As those young men, as we mentioned, they've gotten bigger. Have they gotten stronger as well? And what could that possibly mean for Stanford's prized running game? The running game that, that, that Stanford fans take so much pride in. Oh, we ground you into the dirt. It's all about intellectual brutality. Well, look, let's face it. Last year, the offensive line, they pass blocked better than they run blocked. Mostly because they were so, so young. But now, as they gain more strength, as they gain more seasoning, as they gain more experience, perhaps that means bigger things ahead for the Stanford rushing attack. And if Stanford can run the ball much better than it did throughout much of last year, that certainly means good things for Stanford's quarterback, Davis Mills, as he has the keys now with K.J. Costello. Off to Mississippi State. Boy, that's going to be a lot of fun to watch, isn't it? <laughs> and I, I, I like that. Look, KJ showed that he can run that tempo of offense. Of course, maybe some different concepts, you know, not, but but, but certainly he's he shown that he can air it out a bit. Think back to that game, ironically enough, against Washington State a couple of years ago at Sanford Stadium when they went air Shaw. And K.J. put the ball up in Stanford, almost won that game, except for a pinpoint throw from uh, Gardner Minshew on a critical fourth down uh, that led to the game winning points for the Cougars that day. And also don't forget what K.J. did against Arizona. Last year, so that's going to be interesting to watch, and um, certainly uh, the the media who covers Mississippi State football, their uh, their 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 notebooks are going to be super full. They're going to need to stock up on extra ones, I think, uh, throughout the course of the fall. So, congrats to KJ. I'm going to miss him um, in a lot of ways, uh, and I, I wish him nothing but the very best. But that means Davis Mills is running the show for Stanford at the quarterback position, and there's a lot that I like about him. A natural passer can move out of the pocket. Walter and I talked about that throw that, that, that Davis had against Washington, rolling to his right and just throwing a pinpoint 15-yard dart to the sideline downfield, uh, low and outside, where only his receiver could get to it uh, for the completion. And, and that, was, that was the throw to me. That was like, oh, okay, this kid's kind of got it. And oh, by the way, Davis has some, some pretty good touch on his deep passes as well. Pretty impressed overall by what I saw from uh, from Davis Mills. Certainly, as, as Stanford's passing attack uh, became much more emphasized as the weeks went along. Now, biggest questionability, uh, biggest question, question obviously with Davis is durability. It, it's it still is a big question because Davis was was banged up a bit at times, missed sometimes. We had Jack West uh, starting for Stanford uh, against UCLA, uh, a game that. That really could have gone a lot better on a whole lot of different fronts. But until Davis can, can string together multiple games, and by multiple I mean at least 11, where he is as healthy as he can possibly be, look, he's going to have some bumps and some bruises and get banged up along the way. That's just the nature of football, and the nature of the game is the way that it's played. If he can stay healthy, then certainly Stanford should not have that much to worry about offensively. So, so, I'm excited to see what Davis Mills can do now that the quarterback job is completely and totally his. I'm excited. Certainly had some fantastic moments last year. Quarterback should not be an issue. Offensive line should be better uh, than it was last year. Uh, wide receiver should be quite nice. Tight end, eh, we'll see. Running back, I I I like you know obviously with uh, with 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 uh, with, with Pete and Jones uh, returning and those young men continuing to grow that should be a lot of fun um, as well. So Stanford offensively could be one of the better ones in the Pac-12 this upcoming fall. Defensively, hmm, <laughs> we'll 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 try to discuss that in, in future episodes um, of the Tree Cast, but. Um, Glad you're with us. By, by the way, no, no predictions. I've already seen some folks giving their predictions on Twitter, uh, tweeting out where folks are going to finish um, in, in, in the division races in the Pac-12. Dude, it's March. It's March. There's so much that's going to happen between now and then. I don't even like giving predictions in late July when it's Pac-12 football media daytime. because there's a lot that can happen between then and then. And the time the season actually begins. So, no. No no predictions. Not, not now. <laughs> not now. Let's just everybody get ramped up and ready to go. Get healthy, number one. That still continues to be an issue for Stanford. But let's just let everybody get healthy, get ready to go, and go from there. But we, of course, are very happy to be bringing you the TreeCast. We'll come at you once a week for the remainder of uh, spring ball certainly through uh, uh, the spring football game in mid-April might come at you a bit more uh, irregularly maybe focus on some of the other spring sports um, after uh, spring football is done and uh, certainly we'll ramp it up and, uh, and, and do it up big like we always do uh, in football season and maybe even a little bit earlier now that we're part of the Believe Podcast Network family uh, you're going to get more content and there are certainly more ways to access the content again could not be happier to be a part of the Believe Podcast Network. Check them out, dot com. Check me out on Twitter, at Troy Clarity. The last name is uh, C-L-A-R-D-Y, at Troy Clarity. And, of course, I always welcome um, your thoughts on the TreeCast. Hashtag TreeCast. Hashtag TreeCast. Our thanks again to our guest, Walter Rouse. Really enjoyed chatting with him. It would not surprise me if years from now, I'm working for him and he's signing my checks. (laughs) Big things ahead uh, for that guy on and off the field. Thanks again to Walter Rouse. Thank you to the Believe Podcast Network. This is just the start of uh, tremendous things on both sides, I believe. Oh, you see what I did there? And of course, the biggest thanks of all uh, goes out to you. Wash your hands, number one. And our usual reminder, don't drink and drive. If you do, you're the dumbest person on the planet. That's it. That's it. We'll talk to you again next week on The Tree Camp with Troy Clinton.